Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Jaeger CPA Review and more. This podcast is sponsored by Jaeger CPA Review, the course provider that deals only with the ASCPA blueprints. Please go to the JaegerCPAReview.com website and look at our various products. And we believe in seeing is believing. And therefore, please look at our three-day free trial. Pick a subject, and it'll give you three days free access unlimited to that product. And I believe that once you look at that product and see how it works, you will pick Jaeger CPA Review as your course provider. If you have any questions, you can reach us at 301-874-4900. If you press 5, you may even talk to Phil Jaeger. Take care, everyone, on your journey for the CPA exam. We wish you the best and good luck. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. We got to go into the high schools more. Yeah. But how can we go into every high school and talk to every potential student? I mean, that's so difficult. Yeah, that's not going to be realistic. I mean, we, I think we just need to tap. I think we're going to need to tap into people who are CPAs, especially those who are part of state societies. You know, I, th- I think tapping into alumni of those high schools or getting a track of that. I know New York State Society is doing a great job of, um, you know, they have a co-op program and they get out to the high schools. And I think, uh, you know, getting someone with that relationship, I think you're more likely to go back and speak to your alma mater in high school as well than probably a random school. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's the way, but who knows? Now, did you go to Dix Hills School of Accounting? <laughs> I, you know, what's my, I, I went to Half Hills High School West. So I went to Hills West, but, you know, it's crazy. I have two older brothers. They're all, we're all four years apart. And I went to high school the same time as my middle brother, Andrew. So um, there was a teacher who taught an elective course. Uh, he was finance guy. Uh, but he taught accounting. I did that probably in my junior year, my third year of high school. And, uh, you know, th- th- that experience in itself, I-, I was, the thing is, I was really strong in math. I took college, Calc, all that stuff. But going into college, it was kind of, I was weighing my options between math or accounting. You know, there was just, it, accounting is in the school of business, especially at Miami. So, you know, I figured I was going into business, not knowing much at 17. And, um, you know, I think his name is Mr. Veerling, but I think when he taught that accounting course, I think it just gave, we were just doing basic stuff, bookkeeping. And I wasn't even that good at it, but I knew that I had that experience and I knew that that had to give me some sort of leg up when I got to college. And also I will say that when I entered college, because I took college and college English, I came in with a certain amount of credits which placed me in accounting as soon as I went to college. So I didn't have to wait to the second semester of the second year, which most students do. And I do believe that kind of played a role. And I had, I had a fantastic professor at University of Miami, uh, uh, professor, professor Levine and uh, professor Collins. And I know people, tons of people that went to Miami that know them too, but it, it was an enjoyable experience learning accounting. And that's kind of how I chose it. 
Were they full-time professors at University of Miami or were they adjunct? So they were both full-time. Um, I don't know if they were tenure track or not, or one person was, and I think one person was doing the doctoral degree, but they, I, they were full-time. So what, what did you like about them? Well, I mean, did they make you decide that you wanted to be an accounting major? I think they just reinforced, I already declared the major, but I just had an enjoyable experience, to be honest. I mean, Professor Levine, you know, he could, Seth Levine, I, pe people, I, like I said, people that graduated before me or after me, they always talk about him. And he just, uh, I think the first, the first thing that he brought in that kind of just opened up my eyes was uh, early on in the course, he talked about the careers in accounting. And yeah, he talked about public accounting, but when I saw the salary, you know, go up to $250,000 after working for 10 years, I think seeing just that trajectory was like, okay, well, you know, I could see, you know, it, I, I know it'll get me somewhere. Um, so I think introducing that was helpful and just, you know, he just had an interesting way of the, similar, similar to you, you know, your course, like just an interesting way, engaging way of delivering the content. Did they have a finance major at Miami? They did. Yep, they did. Were more people going into finance and accounting or vice versa? I don't have the numbers, but I think more people went into finance. And I actually, this was just my inclination at that time that finance was more difficult and challenging. That was just the kind of stigma I got out of it. It was, it was kind of for certain people who really did well right out the gate. And I'm a first generation college student. So um, I, I just thought accounting, you know, fit better in my wheelhouse. I think there was more, uh, I'm pretty sure there was more finance majors. Because I, I know a lot of people majored in finance instead of accounting because there was no fifth year, you know? Yeah. And uh, I think the fifth year was the start of the declining enrollments in, uh, in accounting. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we actually, Phil, when I, when I graduated in 2012, during that time period from 08 to 2012, we started to, Miami started to create the five years. So it, it wasn't even there for me to get into, nor was it there for me to get into the accelerated program until right about that time. The experience requirement in New York is what to get the CPA? Uh, the experience, I think it's, it's actually a one year, I believe, of accounting experience in any function. It doesn't have to just be public. Is that still the case? Yeah, I, I believe that's still the case. Yeah, because I thought that most of the states now, it's one year in public accounting or one year working under a CPA who can attest that you know accounting. You know, that, you don't have to be. It is. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, public accounting or a CPA, either way, you need the CPA sign off for a year, but you can perform accounting functions. And it's not just limited to attestation and tax. Like, if you're in payroll, if you're doing bookkeeping, like there, there are columns for that. So when I applied for my license in 2017, that was helpful because I first, I first, when I first printed out the application, in, when I started studying with your course, it said only public account. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with that when I can't get a job? But they, they were more lax on that. Now. What do you think of that? You know, people don't want to go into public accounting. They go into government, all right? Yeah. And they take the CPA exam. Yeah. And then surprise, surprise. All right. There's not a CPA to sign off on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think widening it up was, I think that was a great step, a great move. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have my license if, if they didn't necessarily open up uh, that requirement. And, you know, I think 
the CPA allows, you know, it's the certification of accounting, but we need not only people attesting for the financial statements, but we need people who are working in private, which might provide a more flexible life, more of a nine to five life. Not saying it's only nine to five, but maybe people are trying to grow their families, right? Like you see more private accounting in suburbs, right? I think just opening up that wheelhouse would raise the level of everything, would raise the quality of the financial reporting from a private side. You can go into nonprofit, you can go into governmental accounting. I mean, this profession still has a plenty of opportunities. I just think we need to reach that uh, wide base. Well, if they, they really restrict it to uh, one year working in a public accounting firm or working under a CPA, yep. right? They got, you know, this is the problem. I, and I, I brought this up in meetings I go to at the SCPA that you're forcing people to work in accounting, you know, uh, public accounting for a year. And if they, go, if you decided, hey, I want to go to the corporate environment first, yeah. all right, you got to find a CPA to sign off on that. They can have this evolution all they want, the CPA evolution where you're going to pick a specialization, all right, but the experience requirement is going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. That's what they said which means you work in a CPA firm for one year, you work under a CPA who can sign off. So what have we gained? If, uh, you know, I, I want to specialize in information technology, okay? Uh, I want to specialize in uh, tax compliance, whatever, all right? But I don't want to work in a CPA firm. And, you know, I'm really concerned I won't have a CPA to sign off. Re- now, do you know why that's the case? Why is that the case? All right. When you took the CPA, did you think it was a certification or a license? I thought it was a license, but, you know, I go back and forth. Sometimes. No, it is a license. Yeah. And that's the AICPA's position. It's a license to do public accounting. Mm-hmm. Now, I took the exam. It was a certification. Oh, okay. I didn't... So I passed the exam. They sent me my CPA certificate. All right. Now, if I wanted to go into public accounting, all right, then I would get the experience requirement. And when I got that, they gave me a license. Okay. Okay. All right. So I was not forced to work in public accounting. Gotcha. Gotcha. And Phil, they're not doing anything to change that. And at the AICPA, they have several people, I shouldn't say several. One, all right, who believes that CPA is just a license to do public accounting. All right. Now, how many people do you have any idea? I don't know the answer to this. How many people don't want to go into public accounting? How many people go to some other area? Do you find that at all? I mean, do they? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely find that the few uh, of our students go into public accounting and many of them pursue private accounting, nonprofit, governmental, you know, just different areas, different areas. Do they get their CPA? Uh, yeah, equally. They're, they're all still um, they're they're all still interested in getting their CPA or do end up getting it. Yeah, absolutely. So they have to worry about the experience requirement, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the companies they're working at, you know, hopefully a CF, someone at that company, the CFO, or is is a licensed CPA. But that's not, you know, that may not always be the case, especially if you get an experience in a new growing startup company, right? Yeah, I mean, if they want to get more CPAs, okay, I'm not saying make the exam easier, all right, make it easier to apply to take the CPA exam. Yeah. And when you pass it, supposedly passing the CPA exam shows that your knowledge of accounting 
it really doesn't show a lot, to tell you the truth, because what you really learn is when you go into the real world, right? Yeah, I, I, my, my accounting skills in, in the classroom have completely sharpened from the moment that, you know, I'm getting the repetitions. I'm teaching similar courses multiple times over and over. I have so many, so much more reps than I used to, you know, so I've definitely gotten a lot sharper way beyond passing the exam and getting licensed. Now, uh, your school doesn't put pressure on you to get a doctorate? No, a terminal degree for uh, our university does count as a master's and a CPA counselor's. And who are they accredited by? Just the... Uh... We're accredited by the uh, the IACBE. Yeah, that that's our uh, accreditation. What is the IAC IACSB? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. IACSB. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Enter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that accreditation? Um, I am pulling it up right now. All right. It's the International Accreditation Council for Business Education. Oh, is that to compete against the American Assembly of Collegiate Schools of Business? I'm not sure. Yeah, I have to look into that. How many people teaching accounting in your school have doctorates? Pretty much everyone, 90 plus percent. You're, all right, so you're not going for the doctorate, all right? All right, they're not going to give you any grief with that, are they? Or did you set that up before you took the job? Uh, yeah, that was just their requirement before I uh, I took the job. In, uh, in St. Peter's Academic Handbook, they deem a terminal degree as a doctorate or specifically for accounting, uh, the master's and CPA license. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, just because you get a doctorate in accounting doesn't mean you're a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not really not getting that doctorate, but I, I mean, you know, I can clearly only speak for myself, but I think that our program has benefited uh, tremendously. Just the quality of teaching our students, the quality of our students, uh, their ability to retain knowledge. I mean, we're, we're at a Jesuit university, so we're always about that. It's similar to your course. It's, you know, it's engaging. It's really care for the whole person. And, you know, I think uh, I think me being able to, you know, if I, if I had a doctorate, I probably wouldn't have had the time period to work in public accounting. Right. I wouldn't be able to, you know, the, guide these students, advise our students. Do you have any regrets becoming a CPA? No, none, not at all. How did the CPA change your life if it did or didn't? I think the most important thing to realize, it's, it's, it's a long-term investment. And when I say that, I mean, you know, I told you being in the class, first, I, I wouldn't have my academic position without it. So, and this, this job has definitely um, allowed me a lot of opportunity and career growth opportunity and, you know, just a great mentor that I have at the university. You know, also, I think forcing myself to stay on top of the industry and, you know, with CPEs, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, we got to do 40 a year, but I, I guess I didn't even realize, you know, that commitment to just having to stay in, in the know of not only technical things, but I think as we're, we talk about being CPAs, just expanding our skill set. You know, I'm trying to expand my project management skill set. It's not something that I see often in accounting, but, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of different things. We're, we're managing a lot of different project, projects. So, um, you know, it, it changed my life for the better. I will always have an opportunity with the license because, it's, you know, I distinguish myself in the profession. I never worry about that. You know, even after I got my license, I thought overnight, you know, the money would come or the prestige or the appreciation, but 
when you're in certain fields and everyone has that designation, you might not feel as special or you might not feel like, you know, it's a, it's a big differentiator, but it, it does matter. I see the role of an accountant completely different than I did even a couple of years ago. I mean, I understand that, it's, you know, it's, we're talking financial literacy. We're talking, giving people the power to make their own effective decisions. I mean, everyone makes money, revenues, everyone's got to, you know, cover their costs, expenses in their personal lives. And, you know, just having that power and that confidence to manage your own financial situation that just, you know, that's a lot of that is missing, right? That in this country, there's a gap. There's, there's, there's a financial literacy gap, but that's what accounting is. And that's how we can kind of educate students in high school, let them know like this is a skill set for anybody and everybody. Now, I'd say a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, I would tell people get the CPA because if you don't like what you're doing now, it gives you the flexibility to change without any problem. But is that still true? Because all I'm hearing is that there's not enough people in the job market. So are the companies just hiring anybody, even without a CPA? Yeah, I think I think in public accounting, you see that trend. But once again, you know, we also talk about we've got a lot of growing technology companies We're talking Spotify. We're talking, you know, all of these, you know, Netflix streaming services. I, there's an emphasis on analyzing data, but isn't accounting the first analysis of data? Like, isn't financial, isn't this what we've been doing this whole time? Uh, analyzing financial data, right? And I don't know, I just feel like, it, you know, accountants have, we don't have the marketing expertise to kind of communicate that message, but I feel like this is, everyone needs this knowledge, you know? This is the baseline that can get you into any company because, the amount of repetitions that you get in learning the financial information, if you choose any other major, you're not even getting close to that with accounting, right? Like, so, so, you know, if you, for me, it's, if you want to get your foot in the door of any company, knowing the financials or having accounting skills is to me a great way to get your foot in the door and navigate through to other positions. What do you think, Phil? Well, now it's hard to get good help. Mm. All right. So, yeah. I mean, a lot. I know in public accounting, they, having, they have trouble getting CPAs. Yeah. So actually, uh, for example, it used to be that if you want to be called certified public accountants, every partner would have to be a CPA. Okay. But I don't know who's liberalizing that rule because uh, I know there's one firm someone told me about that. All right. They brought in as a partner, first time, a person who had an information technology background, specialization. They made him a partner, even though he wasn't a CPA. Okay. Oh, wow. And by the way, I I don't know if that's really, if the SCPA permits that, they're basically saying to me in so many words, you know, if you don't have the CPA, but you have that specialization, we'll let you now call yourself you know, XYZ certified public accountants, and you can be a partnership. All right. Now, that's really saying, I think, that, well, the CPA is important, but you know what? If you have that specialization that that company needs, the public accounting, all right, then we're not going to stop you from becoming a partner, even though you're not a CPA. Yeah. Yeah. How does that help the profession? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think. You know, trying to find a way to expand that skill set. It's, you know, you can't cover everything, but having that technology background, you, you know, it's, it's important. It's important. Um, it could get you in, but, 
but that's CPA, you know, just that's what holds our name. I understand, you know, a person who's doing IT doesn't necessarily have to get involved with accounting. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, But then on the other hand, if you're letting an IT person become a partner in public accounting, all right, then you're really discrediting the CPA. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's definitely what the message seems, but you know, hopefully we can expand that skill set and scoop in some of that IT. But but with that said too, it's you know what how much can can we really uh how much is in our wheelhouse? Also, we were talking about this. Technology is moving too fast. Do you agree? Oh yeah, co- completely, completely. I'm amazed at how quick it's moving. I mean, I think it moves. Yo, the technology moves about 500 miles an hour, all right? And individuals try to keep up, can only move maybe 75 miles per hour, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's moving fast. It's it's moving. You know, even myself, I, I didn't necessarily grow up with a phone in my hand. And in college, we had cell phones, but we didn't have apps like we do now. I mean, that's 2012. 2012, yeah. we, I had an iPhone. But it didn't have applications where you can, you know, multitask or stream. It was like texting, texting and phone. So and even in the last, you know, you're talking nine years, the last five years, the last three years. I mean, it's just incredible. Even, you know, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, it, it's moving at a lightning pace. Well, Phil, I went, by the way, what's that behind you? Is that your locker? Is that your Oh, no, no, I got a... I got, yeah, I, I scooped up a, a trophy case. Uh, you All know. right, so uh, what is that uh, behind you, though? Is that award on the top? Is that the Emmy Award? Oh, that's a... That, is that an Oscar? What yeah, is that? that that's a, that's a, from my, I'm a, I'm a brother in a uh, National South Asian Service Fraternity, uh, Delta Epsilon Psi uh, from college. So that's actually, it's actually an alumni award um, for, uh, you know, when I came back home to New York, I just uh, kind of was a... Uh, you know, um, alumni advisor for uh, the NYIT school for our brothers. So, uh, you know, the, the whole region of the Northeast kind of gave me, uh, you know, now regional brother of the year 2013. So, you know, I appreciate it. I don't get any awards, Phil. I really... Uh, you deserve them. You deserve them. I do. I, do. I deserve a, uh, a... For example, they have these awards. Uh, 40 people under 40, you know, hey, hey. Uh, influencers, you know, <laughs> and... I have these people on the podcast and I always say, I say to them, how did you become an influencer, you know, on LinkedIn? And they said, well, they were nominated or something. And I felt no one's ever nominated me, but again, I'm not under 40, but how about uh, something under 70? Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> I think, I think we could do over 40. You know, they, we definitely have to highlight a lot of people in the profession. And sometimes it doesn't always come with the awards, but but I think that's where the marketing comes in. And that's, it's not, you know, marketing is how do you get your message out? You know, how do you communicate all the great things that you've done? And, you know, that's a challenge that any, any uh, small business, small place, or not, not saying anything, just, you know, when you're at a small school or you don't have the marketing budget or dollars, it's, it's in your strap for resources. It's how, how do you communicate that message to let people know just, just what you've done because it's been great stuff. You know, I like I said, I would I wouldn't be here. I truly wouldn't have the license. I wouldn't have this job. I wouldn't be in public accounting. I wouldn't have any of that. It, even the motivation, just the belief for for uh, for me to get it, it was an important role for me to th- you know survive and thrive now. Well, it sounds like you're doing okay there. I'm doing all right. I'm all doing right. It day by day. And, and by the way, you'll be getting the Yeager CPA Review Award 
for the best guest on podcasts. Hey. Okay? All right. Now we'll come with a very large cash amount. <laughs> Great. Right? I was Except- going to say, I'll put, I'll put it back here. I'll put it back here. <laughs> However... It's in cryptocurrency. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't lose the passcode, you know? Don't lose the... Don't lose that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, Phil, thank you very much. Uh, I think you've enlightened people on various things. Uh, Phil decided to go into teaching. Nothing wrong with that. We need good teachers. But there's so many other areas you can go into. I mean... So many. So unlike many. years ago, it was auditing or auditing, okay? <laughs> oh, tax too. I'm sorry. But... Today, there's so many, you know, areas. So, uh, so many areas. So yeah. it's a great, it's a great place for students to get involved early. Also, right after, I I don't know how many other majors can get their students to to land an internship after the first year. After taking financial accounting, you can do bookkeeping, you can do the payroll, like you can get exposure early that will pay dividends uh, down the road. Good point. All right. Well, Phil, thank you very much. Uh, Best of luck to you at uh, St. Peter's. And uh, by the way, I thank everyone out there who's been watching this and also is a subscriber and watches, you know, I have people telling me, you know, I listen to your podcast in the car. uh, And I think to myself, is this something more exciting you can listen to? Uh, No, they, they like this thing. I don't know. You know, they say, uh, Phil, you're not, boring guy and i say you're wrong i am bo-. no i say <laughs> uh but anyway uh, as you can see my business is good because in the back there you uh, yeah, yeah i see that look at that's that that's the mona lisa most people don't know that okay you can't see the top because i have to protect myself against theft <laughs> so <laughs> but anyway uh please listen to Jaeger CPA Review, and by the way, it's not called Jaeger CPA Review. The podcast is called CPA Review and more. If you're looking to review course, please go to our website, JaegerCPAReview.com. You'll find that we don't gouge the people and we help you pass the exam. All right. And I like to think we helped Phil somewhat in his profession. All right. Although he never sent me a present, I will accept it. Uh, <laughs> The present's on the way. The present's on the way. I know. I know. The check's in the mail, too. Okay. <laughs> you knew that. But, but I, I, I do appreciate everything you, you, you know, you've done. I, and I thank you for saying that. That's it's, very kind of you, really. It's always good conversation. And, and I'm going to put in the plug for anyone that wants to learn more about accounting or join the profession or maybe even just, you know, take the CPA exam or anything like that. Visit Phil Yeager's site, Yeager CPA Review. It, it's it's a really great site and it really do wonders for your career. Well, thank you, Phil. I appreciate that. Anyway, I hope you will listen and watch every week, every Tuesday, we have a new uh, podcast and I've asked people for this over and over again. No one ever sends it in, but if you have a suggestion for a topic, we would be, you know, we'd entertain it, try to get people in that area. But of course, no one sends that in. So I, I pick the people on the area. And just keep watching, keep listening. I'm sure you'll learn something about the profession and the people who are in the profession. So everyone, you take care, stay well. By the way, get vaccinated, all right? We don't want another COVID-19 this winter because if I have one and a half years more of staying in this house, all right, I will get cabin fever, all right, and stay in a cabin. That doesn't make any sense. All right, so anyway, 
Thanks, Phil. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Jaeger CPA Review and more. This podcast is sponsored by Jaeger CPA Review, the course provider that deals only with the ASCPA blueprints. Please go to the JaegerCPAReview.com website and look at our various products and we believe in seeing is believing. And therefore, please look at our three-day free trial. Pick a subject and it'll give you three days free access unlimited to that product. And I believe that once you look at that product and see how it works, you will pick Jaeger CPA Review as your course provider. If you have any questions, you can reach us at 301-874-4900. If you press 5, you may even talk to Phil Jaeger. Take care, everyone, on your journey for the CPA exam. We wish you the best and good luck. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. Hello, everyone. This is Phil Jaeger, and welcome to my podcast, CPA Review and More. And as you probably know, we cover areas of CPA review for people taking the CPA exam. And also, the more means that we could cover other subjects relating to accounting or finance. Today, I guess is Phil Sorkum. That's, that's yep. it. Phil Sorkum. Yep. And Phil is a professor. Well, assistant professor, associate, what are you, Phil? Yep, I'm an assistant professor at St. Peter's University. And where is St. Peter's located? St. Peter's is located in Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City, New Jersey. You know, years ago, uh, I got sick of accounting, and so I answered an ad to sell insurance. Oh. And the leads they gave me were in Jersey City. Oh, wow. Perth Amboy. Interesting. And some of the neighborhoods at that time, all right, I felt like I was taking my life in my hands when I got out of the car. Now, has Jersey City really become upgraded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot has changed um, over the past few years uh, in Jersey City. A lot of drastic change. A lot of condos going up, buildings going up. You know how that goes. And uh, Phil, uh, tell us before we get to uh, your what you do. All right, how did you? What was your whole thing as far as going to college? Where'd you go to school? And did you go out of school and just start working someplace? I mean, tell me your life history. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. So. Um, I attended undergrad and got my degree in accounting at University of Miami in 2012. And then I'm originally from Long Island, New York. So after I graduated in 2012, I came back home to Long Island, um, didn't have any accounting internships, didn't have any job leads. So I went to a recruiter 
yeah, I went to a recruiter and a recruiter was able to place me in a nonprofit um, entity. And I was working as a, uh, as a staff, uh, well, I said temporary accountant at that time. I did that for about six months or so. And then I got hired full time in that nonprofit and slowly worked my way up to senior. And, and at that same time, when I came home in 2012 and I got my first job, mm-hmm. I also enrolled in your uh, Jaeger CPA uh, review course because kind of figured, you know, I got a degree in accounting. Um, you know, I didn't have a high GPA. I had like a 2.9. Didn't really have a lot of job leads, but I kind of figured if I spent four years getting this specific degree, um, you know, let me see what I can do if I can really test myself to see if I can pass the CPA exam. You know, lucky uh, I had your course there at that time just because it was the most affordable course. That's what I had. Um, that was the only thing my, my mom could pay for at that time. And just your level of instruction was really good, really engaging. So during that time period, I worked at the nonprofit to uh, pass my CPA exams. Eventually, it took me about 13 tries. But, you know, it's it, it's a journey. And, you know, I'm definitely a lot sharper now than I was at that time. And uh, slowly worked my way into private accounting, worked at public accounting for a little bit. And then in 2018, started uh, my full-time faculty position teaching accounting at St. Peter's. And you know, I definitely, I definitely got to say, I'm sure, uh, I know I definitely took some, you know, just tips of how you did your instruction, how you explained problems and whatnot. That's something I definitely bring into my classroom. I just thought it was just great instruction. And I think it, it really helped me uh, grasp the material well. Now, Phil, did I tell you to say that, that you took our course? <laughs> no, you, you did not. You did not tell me to say that, but I always want to make sure that I let people know that just because I don't, I don't think I would have passed using the other courses only because you just had really high, high quality instruction. It was engaging. You had the bite sized materials. And I thought that was just such a game changer. I mean, unless you're in the classroom teaching like you, like you have been your whole career and like me too, you don't realize what it takes for somebody to absorb information and the repetition and just the whole teaching pedagogy behind it. So um, looking back, it actually makes a lot of sense why I felt comfortable with your uh, course. How did you find our course? Yeah, I just did, you know, regular Google search, um, CPA exam review courses. And, you know, there's sometimes there's magazines that will review the courses or, you know, you, you'll see each tab for every single one. And, you know, I just stumbled upon yours. At that time, you were able to view uh, you gave snippets online. And that, that was awesome. That was really helpful. It got me a chance to really kind of test out your course to understand the style before having to do a 30-day trial or something of that magnitude. You know, I just, once I bought your course, I, I was just, um, I knew it was a good fit and I'm, I'm glad I chose yours. Well, thank you. Thank you. So uh, you work for a not-for-profit. By the way, where are you from in Long Island? Oh, I'm in, I'm in Dick Sales. Yeah, my parents are in Dick Sales. Yeah, Dick Sales, that's the uh, wealthy area, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. It's yeah, an area. I mean, it's an area. <laughs> Because I remember, uh, you know, I told you I, I'm from Long Island also. Yeah and, we, yeah. and we say it the same way. Long Island, right? Long Island. Yeah. Long yeah. Island. You know, I grew up on the middle class <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, for those who know New York, Long Island, that's Nassau County. But anyway, he's from Suffolk County. I got my license first in Suffolk County, driver's license. Wow. Look at that. Also. Yeah. And look, I'm a terrific driver today. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh you got out of college. You went to work for a not-for-profit? Yeah, yeah. I worked um, as a junior accountant at Family Residences and Essential Enterprises. Um, what they did is they provided 
services to those with special needs, disabilities, kind of rehabilitation services. And they also had the individuals living in apartments. So, you know, that, that was a great experience just because I was able to learn from really great people at my own pace. Um, I don't think at that time in my career, as soon as I graduated, I wasn't really grasping accounting that well. So, you know, doing public accounting or even private, uh, you know, I don't think I would have been able to keep up. And the nonprofit space, like I said, looking back, I thought it was just, it really was a great start. And that was the perfect place for me to be just because you had normal hours, nine to five, you had your time to kind of learn in not only just accounting, but, you know, how to work in a workplace and what accounting department's like and who does what. And, and I was fortunate enough to, you know, just really just move my career up in a year and a half there. I was, I was, you know, they took me on full time and then was able to get promoted a year later to senior accountant and doing a little financial reporting. But, you know, as I reflect on that time period, I, I just really learned a lot from some great people. What made you go into teaching, college teaching? I think I just had a knack and patience to kind of explain complex topics to people. Not not necessarily accounting topics, but just in general. I mean, I just thought I had the patience to understand, you know, how you explain material really matters. Um, everybody kind of learns differently. So, you know, originally I, I tried to apply for a job for Teach for America and I tried to do AmeriCorps in, in, in New York City, but, you know, it just wasn't really happening early on in my career when I was graduating from UM. But, you know, I, I was able to hone my skills in accounting. I was able to get my CPA license. You know, I was able to get some experience under my belt and just the right time, right place. Uh, Dr. Lori Buza was able to kind of discover me and there was full-time position open at you know, St. Peter's, and she's the chair of our Department of Accountancy and Business Law. She She's the JD, you know, just kind of worked out right place, right time. When you got into teaching, was there still a shortage of teaching college professors? Because a lot of the college professors have been retiring, you know, so there was a concern would be enough younger professors to come in. But now, uh, I don't think it's the same situation because the number of people taking the CPA exam has dropped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. So, um, you know, I, I think there definitely is a shortage. I think, and I think it might have to do with the requirements, the rigor of entering academia. I mean, typically, you know, if you want a tenure track position, you. No, but let's go back here. Why is there a shortage? Uh, the number of counting, counting majors has dropped at the various universities yep, yep. all over the country. Uh, what do you attribute that to? You know, I think we might not be reaching all the individuals who want to enter the field of accounting. You know, when we talk about CPA, it's it's such a high bar to reach, right? You need the 150 credit hours, you need the master's degree, and you need to pass the CPA exam. Like I said, when I was taking your course, I mean, yours was the cheapest, you know, and was cost beneficial for me and my family, especially, you know, it's no secret that I'm a minority, but I think there's a lot of people that start their career in accounting or have some sort of bookkeeping skills. And I think catering to that audience of people who want to take the next level in the jump kind of very similar to what I did. I think we just need to cater to more of those people. I go to meetings with the ASCPA. Uh, they have this group in that are called the providers, accredited providers. And uh, when I go there, uh, the director of examinations asks us at the end of the meeting, anybody have any ideas how we can get more people to take the CPA exam? All right. And I remember I would come up with answers, you know, well, why don't we do this? All right. Maybe it's time to get rid of the 150 hours. But they can't do that because 
you need every legislature to actually vote that out. And they're not going to do that. And uh, then the question is, no one really has an answer for that. Uh, but then there's a shortage and 2024 will come and they're coming out with this CPA evolution. Do you change? They just changed the exam July 1st on the auditing and the BEC. All right. All right. People are going to get shell shocked for those changes. But now, 2024, they're already talking about changing, all right, to this evolution. And what is that going to do? Is that going to, that's not going to help the shortage, is it? Well, I mean, I think it's, I think what the CPA evolution is going to do is it's going to give an opportunity for us to, as CPAs, adapt to the skill sets that are needed at the workplace, especially CPA firms. I think it makes, at the end of the day, with graduating accounting students, they got to have a job, right? That, that was the old adage, right? It was, you, you major in accounting, you have, you, you're guaranteed a job. That's why I chose the major too, heard that adage. And I think just continuing to um, keep up with the skill set needed to be that business advisor to provide that attestation and whatnot. I mean, I think that's what CPA evolution, the exam part is addressing, but uh, to your point before, what can be done? I mean, I think, you know, as uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, Phil, but you know, I, I always hear, you know, the people always say they never really met a creative accountant, right? You know, accountants, they just crunch numbers. And, and I think, um, we're dull and boring. Is that what you're saying? Well, that's what people say, right? That's the, <laughs> that's what people say. And I definitely wholeheartedly disagree, especially meeting someone like you. But no, I, I think that marketing aspect of letting high school students really getting that message out of what is an accountant, right? I mean, let's be realistic. You can't take the CPA exam unless you graduated with a degree in accounting. Can't choose to major in accounting if you're not not, not, not that we're not recruiting, but we got to get that message out. And, and I think reaching that younger base, that high school base of letting them know something as small as, you know, Phil, in my class, I always make sure one thing I realized is, you know, everybody needs to make money to pay their bills. So, you know, no matter who you are, what job you have, you've got revenues and expenses, right? That's the income statement. You got money coming in, you got bills to pay. I think um, contextualizing that and letting high school students understand that and know that you know, I think that's a huge benefit because I think a lot of people may not fully, you know, accountant. What is accounting? Well, at the minimum, it's keeping track of your own, you know, financial information. And and I, I think that's a that's a great way to really attract students to realize, hey, it's not about necessarily becoming an accountant only or becoming a CPA only, but having accounting skills can get you land you any job you want if you plan on becoming a CFO. You're planning on becoming a CEO. I mean, nowadays, you you cannot navigate your business without some sort of financial understanding. So I think let it, you know, having that conversation, letting people know the building block of business, you know, it's accounting. I know we say accounts the language of business, but it is, yeah. But but it is. It, but it is, right? And and I think that's the first building block that we all need to understand. And I always tell my students too, you don't have to become an accountant. But if you want to be a good business person and you want to be successful, that's the first step. That's the first tool in your toolkit, the accounting. Then you want to go do finance. You want to go to economics, marketing. I'm all for that. You know, you might end up coming back to accounting, but it's hard to navigate those spaces if you don't understand what matters most is that bottom line, that net income, right? In the movies, uh, TV shows, yep. how do they portray an accountant usually? Do you know? Do you have another sense? 
yeah, they they always portray, you know, they got the pocket square, right? You know, the the glasses, maybe maybe a visor, um, you know, the, the, those type of portrayals. And that portrays sort of a negative image, doesn't it? It's not the most attractive one, right? <laughs> yeah, the only one I I thought maybe was an attractive one is when Ben Affleck made the movie The Accountant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. I was going to say, are you gonna, I don't know. That, that's an extreme case, but hey, that's more attractive. And I, I did my doctoral dissertation on the negative image that a, a council portrayed in the movies and also in the books. In books. Oh, wow. I got to read that. You got to send that to me. Uh, it's not available for public. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, Fair I enough. did write that. And actually, after I finished that, I sent them, I wrote an article on that. And I sent it to the ASCPA to get it published. And I remember they wrote back and they said, we don't have a negative image. What are you talking about? All right. Uh, and I, I thought to myself, God, wake up and smell the roses, you know. And uh, and uh, this is, an, I don't know, if it, one of my favorite movie chains, if you want to call it that, is Death Wish. You ever watch any of those Death Wish movies? I've, I've seen them. I haven't, I haven't gotten around to seeing them, but I'm familiar with them. Yeah, yeah they got this guy who becomes a vigilante because a gang in New York, it was, all right, they come into his house and they kill his wife, all right, and actually uh, attack his daughter. And originally, the character in the book, which it came from, all right, guess what the profession was of the that person, all right? And by the way, the actor's name was Charles Bronson, okay? Charles. Who a lot of maybe your age group would not know him. He was in The, the Great Escape, is it? Okay. You know, and of course, he, he's passed away, but all right, he was the guy who became the vigilante. And in the book, his profession was, guess what it was? What was it, an accountant? Yes. Oh, man. But yeah. then they said, you know, uh, they sold the rights to uh, these two guys, actually from Israel, believe it or not, who actually made five Death Wish films. Okay. Five, okay? But they were told, we're not going to put up financing for this movie unless you change the occupation of that person, the character, from an accountant. And if you look at it, he's now an architect in the movies. Wow. Look, at it. They, they, they should have seen the Ben Affleck film. <laughs> uh, yeah, they should have, but they <laughs> Ben wasn't around then. He was a little yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Time-wise, time-wise. Time right? I know. I know. But, uh, <laughs> a portrayal. And I, I like to watch those Death Wish movies over and over again because, you know, sometimes you see these gangs, you know, and this guy, Charles Bronson, you know, walked into Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking for trouble, you know? Yeah. And this guy comes over and says, give me your money. <laughs> so he says, no, I'm not. So the guy says, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. You don't give me your wallet. So then Charles Bronson takes out his gun and shoots him. And that's what the whole premise is. Until the police in the fifth sequel where they actually get him. But no, it's interesting. They just didn't want him to be an accountant in the yeah. movie. Negative image, right? Yeah, absolutely. The I green guess. eye shade, the green eye shade too. All right. And I really always felt that that image is still in a lot of students' minds. Yeah. And maybe they become accountants because, all right, what is their view of what an accountant does? All right. Do you ever talk to your, you, you are freshmen you teach, right? Yep. 
Do any of them, you ever bring up, what is your impression of an accountant? No, yeah, I, I never get a chance to ask them, but I'll, I'll definitely do that this semester because I do want to hear it from their perspective. Yeah, and they'll basically drop out of your class. But <laughs> <laughs> I got to no, no. keep that enrollment a little bit. <laughs> got to keep it up. No, I mean, do you, do you go to high schools, your school? What do you get students to enroll at St. Peter's? Yeah, so I, I know our admissions department does a great job of that. Actually, funny enough, right before New York City shut down for uh, for COVID in March 2020, literally the day before St. Peter's uh, closed its doors because we've been um, distant the whole time. We uh, I, I spoke at the High School of Economics and Finance. It was a career day. It was just, you know, it was about, I would say, 40 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. I was talking to young students. But, um, you know, I had to kind of figure out, too, what to say to them and what, what would be interesting to them and what they wanted to know. And, you know, the intention span of anybody Attention span of a human seven minutes or less, right? So I, le- I learned that that day. Um, but th- that's where I try to go. But I think, I think, like you said, Phil, I think um, trying to reach new audiences, I mean, social media, you know, I, j- just, just really quickly, you said negative portrayals of uh, accounts. And there is on Instagram, there is uh, an account called Big Four Confessions. And um, it's got about 12,000 followers. And, and they kind of, uh, post anonymous testimonies of people um, and their experience in big four. And that, you know, that that's kind of uh, that's hard to recruit students when they're, when they're seeing that. You have those confessions in front of you, any by some chance? Uh, I, I, I do that. that right, now, of course we don't want to mention the fir- the firm, right? Yeah, yeah. That's another movie by the way. All right. But <laughs> now, read some of these little tidbits of uh, now, by the way, these are employees at the big firms. Uh, yeah, so these are employees, most likely at big accounting firms. Yeah, all anonymous uh, firms are anonymous. Um, w- one of them, I'm pulling it up right now. So one of them literally said, uh, just finished a busy season that lasted from January to July. I was so busy working all the time, even weekends that I didn't have time to study for my exams. I just failed one of my exams. Now I've been asked to sacrifice my holidays to study for the rest. I gave the company all my time for seven months and they can't give me a few days to prepare for the career. I feel those disappointed that I'm considering even to quit, even though I enjoy working here. Um, you know, that's one testimony. You think the firms really want these people to get certified? I mean, they, you know, they, they need the certification to sign off on the audit. Yeah. But if they just, uh, when they hire people the first couple of years, I think there's a tremendous uh, rate of leaving these firms within the first year, right? So why would they want you to become a CPA, which helps you more to leave them and get a job in the corporate world, possibly, all right? So anyway, let's, let's, what, you got any funny ones? I'll scroll through and try to see if I can find a good one. And by the way, while Phil is doing that, remember, this is brought to you by Jaeger CPA Review. I never said that really. Okay, go ahead, Phil. I'm still scrolling to see if there's a good one. Do you have any, anything that's really uh, just, you know, a little dirty stuff or anything. <laughs> there, there, there's a there, there's a few of those, but uh, I, I, did I anybody have one. affairs in the office with other employees? I've seen one or two of those. Uh, they got 230 posts, so you know. They, yeah, well, God, they're spending 75 hours a week at work. I mean, they're not just going to keep taking off debits and credits. You know, all right. A lot of relationships occur at the firms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spend time with people, you know. No, but uh, my job, my first job was with the General Electric Company. 
Oh, nice. Because I didn't want to be just a debit and credit type person. They put me in financial accounting pro financial management training program. And I think General Electric still has that. But, all right, they would determine your assignment every six months. So I got put in the payroll department, okay, of the General Electric Credit Corporation. Jesus. That's their financing division, okay? And in the department, there were about six or seven women who had been there 20 years, and they're making less than I am. And because they had the payroll, they could just open up and say, oh, Phil Yeager, God, he's making more than I am. He's only been here a month, all right? And after that, they wouldn't give me anything to do. So I sat there all day for almost four and a half months, five months, with nothing to do, all right? And when I did something, you know what I did? I Well, this is before computers. I entered social security numbers on the employment forms. That's what I did. And then every two weeks, I was in charge of running the payroll, all right? We got from the safe the signature of whoever was the important person, all right? And I ran the checks. Took me 15 minutes, oh. all right? And then the rest of the time, I had nothing to do. But I, at the end of six months, I said to the person in charge of me, I said, well, what, what's the next assignment? I hope it's better than the last one. And they said, well, we're going to send you up to, we're, we're transferring you up to Norwalk, Connecticut. Oh. So I said, I live in Jersey right now. I said, I said, what am I going to be doing up there? They said, oh, the same thing you did. You did so well in what you did. All right. We're going to send you up for another six months. So that's when I picked up and I went to Seedman and Seedman. Okay. All right. And actually, I enjoyed that because uh, they weren't a big, big five firm or a big, I don't know what their number was, but that's what I was going to say. It was public accounting, right? It was public accounting. But yeah, I still, I got to do tax returns too. Nice. And I enjoyed doing tax returns more than, than doing audits. Yeah. 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 Same. And I did some tax returns of famous people. I was so impressed. The famous people, no one ever heard of them. Yeah, I know them. All right. Here we go. Here's a test suite, Phil. You know who Lerner and Lowe are? I, I do not. I do not. You can't go on for final jeopardy. All right. But anyway, <laughs> let me give it a buzz. <laughs> no, actually, Lerner and Lowe, okay. all right, they wrote many Broadway musicals, such as My Fair Lady. You ever heard of that? All right. Yeah. They also wrote Camelot, all these things. I'm doing the return of Lerner and Lowe. All right. And I can't believe the money they're taking in and royalties, you know? Yeah. 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 And, wow. And then I did one other one. Also, people who have since gone, Victor Borger, probably never heard of him. He played the piano. He was a jokester. Yeah. But, you know, I, re I was still excited. Yeah. And I liked what I was doing. Mm. And then this is typical. If you like what you're doing, let's stir the pot. The firms decide, let's stir the pot and aggravate them, <laughs> right? So he took me back and put me back on the audit staff. Oh, yeah. All right? Um, they created this, a disgruntled employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and me both. <laughs> and, you know, I said, uh, well, I said, I'd like to win those tax returns. I, you know, I, I didn't get to talk to people because... Uh, we were talking about major corporate, yeah. large CPA firm, all right? And I wasn't going to call Lerner and Lowe and ask them questions. But I enjoyed it because it was sort of like a jigsaw puzzle in that I had to figure out ways to get their taxes down. Yeah, yeah. And I learned a lot from that. Yeah. All right?
And but they put me back on the audit staff. And after about a year and a half, um, I decided I had enough of that. Yeah. So I went to a very good firm in Newark, New Jersey called J.H. Cohn and Company. Uh, ah, yeah, <laughs> there you go. J.H. Cohn is now merged with Resnick and Company. Yeah, Cohn Resnick. Yep, I used to be there. Yep. Oh, you worked where? Uh, yeah, I was, th- I was there uh, at Cohn Resnick right before I started at St. Peter's. Really? Now, did, where was Cohn at the time? At that time, uh, they already had merged and they were in Midtown Manhattan, right on 53rd and 6th. Yep. All right, because they were on... Uh, they were on Market Street in Newark. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Market Street. Yeah. Yeah. Nice area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did my master's at Rutgers Newark. So yeah, I, that's I it. Yeah, Rutgers, yeah. not far. It's a couple blocks away. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I was there when they had the riots in 67, 69. Oh, wow. So we got out every day at three o'clock. Right. Oh wow! So we so we could get out during daylight. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha! Yeah, yeah, yeah! Wow! Because I didn't carry a gun around with me like the guy in Deathwish. <laughs> uh, but no, I I, I think yeah. JH Cohn was a great firm. I mean, I did all everything there, but I was a young stupid kid who didn't realize, you know, you got pretty good here. You know, don't leave them, and uh, I left them uh, for another job, yeah. uh, which was not really. Uh, it was a mutual fund. Okay. And the guy said, I'll teach you all about mutual funds. But he really brought me in because their auditors were coming in to do the SEC audit. He needed someone to clean it up. Yeah. They didn't have any books, actually. All right. So I had four weeks to create books and get everything together. All right. Well, after four weeks, the controller calls me and he says, we don't need you anymore. Oh, wow. So I said, hey, what's the story here? You know, uh, uh, you promised you're going to teach me the mutual fund business. He says, oh, did I say that? Uh, You know, I said, yeah. I said, well, if you want to stay, we won't pay you. And maybe you can pick up some information from that. He was a real user. And you know what amazed me? They gave me a raise of 5,000 when I went there without any problem. And I should have realized all right. They don't just give you five thousand dollars more than you're making at that time because they like you. Yeah. So after that, I threw the towel in mm-hmm. and I decided that I'm going to teach some part time classes at Fairleigh Dickinson. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. And that really I really like standing up there. Don't you like standing up there? Yeah. Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. 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 Well, no, but I'm saying as a teacher yeah, yeah, in the classroom. I know. I know. But yeah, no, I, I love being up there. So, you know, I said, this is great. So after doing part two part-time classes, uh, I, just, I just applied to colleges all over the East Coast, and I ended up in Annapolis, Maryland. And I really like teaching, you know, yeah. but it has changed over the years. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's very different now. Um, I, I'm sorry that you uh, went through that whole journey. You know, uh, it's, it's not your fault, Phil. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad you ended up doing the teaching and, uh, you know, creating the course that, that I could use to get me where I am today. So, Well, thank you. Thank you. But I think what we need in the teaching profession is people like yourself. All right. Who, you know, they care about the people instead of all these tenured faculty. All right who have nothing to lose by just doing nothing. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, we, we, definitely, we definitely need help with more people who are, you know, trying to move the profession forward. 
right? Here. Yeah, have enthusiasm. Yep, yep, definitely. You know, and uh, we didn't have to publish back then. Yeah, see, that's that, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I think we put our priorities the for the profession on professors bringing them in to teach the students, but instead, really, the universities, most of them, want you to do research. Yeah. yeah. You know. All right. Yeah. I mean, in other words, they want you to find a cure for the bad debit and credit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're working diligently on. It. I did prove in my research, all right, that debits don't have to equal credits. There you go. There we you can go. just have credits. That's <laughs> all one way, all one side. Yeah, it's just a one way. Who needs debits and credits? But, <laughs> but at that time, when I was going for my doctorate, when I went to Catholic University, okay, and uh, they wanted me to publish, but I got my doctorate, and I did a questionnaire in my dissertation, mm -hmm. all right? And I asked people, what's your image of the accountant, mm -hmm. all right? Do you have a negative image? Do you think accountants are portrayed fairly, all right? I, now, this was principles of accounting. They weren't accounting majors, okay. all right? And I asked them, how many of you would major in accounting, mm -hmm. all right? Maybe 20% of them, if that much. Mm -hmm. wow. And what do, do you think they said they wouldn't major in accounting? They probably thought it was uh, boring. <laughs> yeah, the people are boring, yeah. all right? And they want something dynamic. Yeah. Now, they never quite told me what dynamic was. <laughs> they just threw the word out there. Yeah, I mean. Just not this. <laughs> a lot of them went to law school. You want to know why? Uh, how come? Because there were a lot of TV shows on lawyers, you know, yeah. where, you know, they they a client comes to them. Within an hour, the whole case is settled. All right, they get into, they get into the courtroom, and they it's an exciting moment to find out who killed the person. It is, it is, yeah, yeah. The point is real. Hey, the account a legal profession is smart. They came up with TV shows that portrayed these lawyers as they dressed well, yeah. right? Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. cool guys, you yeah. know. Yeah. All right. They didn't have a show on accounts. <laughs> I know they have that show uh, on U USA a while ago. Suits, you know that that was lawyers. Uh, law it's like all professional lawyers. Same thing you're describing now. But yeah, there's, there's none on accounts. We need a show. <laughs> well, of course, if they had one on accounts, what would the be the sh what would the show be about? <laughs> That's what I think about all the time. I don't even know. The one accountant comes over to the other accountant and says, "Bob, I really have a problem at home. I'm out of balance." <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it, it could be like the office maybe, maybe it's got to be a comedy maybe it's got to be a comedy well you know i think the thing the thought i don't know if it is today but they probably think well my accountant doesn't laugh you know? <laughs> yeah 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 probably I've, I've heard everything i've heard it all <laughs> thank you so much for listening to jaeger cpa review and more as a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Yeah.